On today's Locked On Texan podcast, big news surrounding Brandon Cooks. We also speak to NFL prospect Isaiah Chambers, and we end off today's show discussing some relevant NFL news. But first, it's Friday. Let's kick this weekend off right, Cody. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis, and a topic of conversation which you guys have discussed in the YouTube comments. You guys have discussed on Twitter, back and forth in the spaces, Brandon Cooks and his mm. future with the Houston Texans. Well, Nick Serio in the front office put all of that to rest late Thursday evening by giving uh, Brandon Cooks a two-year extension. Brandon Cooks was due to make uh, $12.5 million this year. But it seems as though, according to the sources on Twitter, uh, Ian Rappaport, Aaron Wilson, everybody as things start to flood in, that his Brandon Cook should be able to earn up to $20 million on his two-year deal through 2024. That's $20 million per year. So I'm expecting maybe a base salary between 15 to 18 with incentives that can possibly get him up to $20 million. Now, you guys know mm. that the wide receiver market has shifted in a matter of weeks. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, uh, and just recently Stephon Diggs, who signed his contract uh, with the Buffalo Bills. Cody, this move to bring back Brandon Cooks, number one, it screams a smart decision. And I'll tell you why. If you were not going to deal Brandon Cooks this year, then you risk losing him next year. We've discussed that on this show. But overall, it also gives your second-year quarterback the most reliable weapon he had during his rough up-and-down rookie season in Brandon Cooks. And so now let's take a look at this conversation with the 13th overall pick, with the 37th overall pick in the NFL, in the NFL draft. Does it now make sense for Houston to draft a right receiver? Since they just, you know, re-upped everything with Brandon Cooks, that's a discussion for another time, just placing it mm. out there. But Brandon Cooks for the next couple of years until 2024 will be a Houston Texan. Well, John, you're looking at it from a draft standpoint and the Davis Mills standpoint, but I think this is the biggest win for the Houston Texans, and it's going to get lost in the shuffle a little bit. For the first time in what, over the last two years, the Texans actually had an opportunity to keep their talent, one of their most valuable talents. And look, I understand it. We could go back and forth. We know all the drama and nonsense that's been going on off of six inning curve over the last two years. And yes, it resulted in the Texans losing a lot of great players. But for the first time, a great player like Brandon Cooks, or at least a very good player like Brandon Cooks, wanted to stay here in the city of Houston. And that also shows me that the 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 power to be inside of the Houston Texans organization, when you talk about head coach and Lovey Smith, when you talk about general manager Nick Casario, those two guys have been 
very adamant about working together, getting this organization back to not just a competitive, but also a respectable level in this league. And this is part of the reason why we are sitting here today talking about Brandon Cooks resigning. I also want to mention really quick, John, I love this signing, not just because he is still the Texans best player as of right now, but he is also a leader that these young guys need. Brandon Cooks is only 28. Now, he's played for four teams in his, what, six or seven-year career. Mm-hmm. And I think when people hear four teams in a short span, they may think of an older player. Uh, but he's only 28. This deal does still allow Brandon Cooks, because it's very Cooks-friendly, right? He's going <laughs> to have the opportunity to make up to $20 million reportedly. Uh, we'll get the final numbers and go over it at some point, but – up to $20 million for a receiver who has never been a consensus pick for a top five receiver, right? No matter how underrated we may think he is, he's never been a top five receiver in the NFL. So it's very Cooks friendly. However, I do think in the next two years for Houston, that does allow this team to do one of two things. Evaluate the future and what they can possibly do with this franchise in terms of being competitive, maybe winning the AFC South in the next two years. Uh, if not, then you know that, okay, we need to really start scouting some some of these wide receivers coming out. And if I'm Houston, I'm still drafting the wide receiver this year. Way too much talent to pass upon with or without that new deal. Uh, that's always, you know, should have been a part of that game plan. But uh, some people may call it an overpay. You can look at it as an overpay when you when, when a receiver who's never been a top five may annually make up to $20 million. And, you know, a part of me agrees with that. A part of me understands where you would come from. Uh, but I think for Houston, this may have been their best offseason decision so far. Hmm. And it wasn't a player coming in. It was keeping the player from leaving out that door after next year for nothing. Now, that is what needs to be emphasized. Next year, he could have just walked and you wouldn't have gotten anything from him after paying him $12.5 million. And so uh, we, we now see that there was a statement between the head coach and general. They're going to give Davis Mills the opportunity to really show what he can do. Keep it Brandon Cooks. I think he helps that out. I do want to mention this real quick before moving on. Six out of his last eight years, over 1,000 receiving yards. Of course, here in the city of Houston, first two years, over 1,000 receiving yards for a total of 2,861 and 12 touchdowns on 171 catches. I don't think that's an overpay. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all of the different leagues this season. By the way, did y'all see Tiger Woods kick it off? If y'all ain't see what I'm talking about, go on Twitter and search Tiger Woods. BetOnline is your source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. 
All righty, ladies and gentlemen, continuing here with this latest installment of Locked On Texans. As promised, we have our guy, NFL draft prospect Isaiah Chambers, defensive lineman from the University of Houston and McNeese State. Isaiah, what's going on, my man? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. <laughs> doing well. I see you got some guests in the background with your dogs, oh, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> awesome sounds good now Isaiah. before we start talking about your journey to the to the nfl we talk about this whole entire draft process process i myself have to do a little bragging because with you going to mcneese state i actually attended the university of lamar and i don't know if you can see it but i want a t-shirt just for you and the reason why i'm bringing this up is because my lamar cardinals actually had an opportunity to play against the matinee state cowboys you was on the field and the cowboys actually lost that game to the cardinals surprisingly 27 to 26 but isaiah you actually played really good that game you finished that game with seven total tackles six six tackles for um, solo hits and one sack isaiah what do you remember about that game Man, I remember it was a close game, but we missed a couple of field goals and Lamar beat us, man. That 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 hurt. That hurt bad. <laughs> it's actually surprising that the Cardinals actually came away with this victory because when I went there from 2011 to 2016, the the Cardinals they they was pretty bad, and it always seems like the Madden State Cowboys always gave the Cardinals a lot of problems. However, as I mentioned, you actually finished that game with a sack, and between your time playing at the University of Houston and playing at me at McNeese State. Um, you actually finished your collegiate career with a total of 27 and a half sacks. So what is it that makes you a threat on the defensive front, given your ability to get after the quarterback? I just feel like I'm a, I'm not a one-trick pony. I can find different ways to get to the quarterback. Uh, finesse moves, spin moves, uh, going under, going around, power. I just find a way to get to the quarterback. I like the fact that you mentioned that you are not a one-trick pony because you're not. And as a matter of fact, you are also great at stopping a run. And according to Pro Football Focus, last season you finished with a run grade of 87.7. So, Isaiah, what is it that makes you thrive at stopping a run? And also, how were you able to master both being a run blocker, I mean, being a run stopper, and giving your ability to get after the quarterback. Uh, once a coach uh, told him is you gotta uh, you gotta earn the right to rush the passer. So uh, pretty much you gotta get him to second and long, get him to third and long, and 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 uh, that gives you opportunity to get the quarterback. So mm -hmm. you gotta do you gotta stop the run and get to the quarterback. So it's your choice. <laughs> awesome awesome and uh, another thing that i want to talk to you about is versatility because it seems like a lot of um nfl teams they always want to make sure that the guys that they bring in are versatile do you see yourself as a versatile player who can play let's say uh, on the edge maybe you can switch up and play inside just a little bit yeah yes sir i feel like i can do it all uh i did that at my time at Houston, I played in the inside uh, my first year there. I was very productive at it. Uh, I played, that was a four-eye, a little bit of kind of three-tech. I did that, rushed the pass in three-tech. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like I can do it all. Anything they ask me to do, I can do it. 
Awesome. And of course, you know, as you just mentioned, you started your collegiate career at the University of Houston. How was that for you? Man, I love being at Houston just with your family and friends, all of the city. Uh, they could come 20 minutes tops to come to the game. It was perfect. I love playing at Houston. Mm. What was it about, you know, outside the family, but what was it about um, playing at the University of Houston that made it so special? Uh, great atmosphere, uh, great coaches. Uh, I feel like Houston's, I've been a, a lot of places. I feel like Houston's is one of the best cities in the world. <laughs> just, so I feel like it's no better. If you want to play football in the city of Houston, it's just, it's just great right there. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. You know, with you entering the um, NFL draft, um, coming from a smaller school, does this make this draft draft process just a little bit more special because a lot of guys do not get that opportunity to come from a school like UH and transfer to a smaller school like Maynese and still have the eyes of NFL scouts still looking at you and saying, you know what, I think I might want to take a chance on that guy. Yeah, yes, sir. I feel like it was definitely, uh, it's definitely just interesting. It's just like, I'm just blessed because like, some guys transfer down FCS, come from big school, and they'll fall off. Or like it's just that be the last of them playing. They don't have no attention to going to the NFL. They 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 feel like oh you 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 transfer down because you can't play anyway. But that wasn't mm. the case with me. I wanted a bigger role. I shine at the FBS level. Uh, led my team in sacks, and I just wanted to go somewhere and dominate. McNeese happy to be the place I want to go there and do that at. Mm. And I and I want to like kind of dig a little bit more into something you just say, you know, you mentioned how people might look at that and say, you know, you transfer down because, you know, you so-called can't play on a bigger level. You know, what is it that actually kept you motivated during that time? And also, what is it and how much did that actually help you kind of improve your draft stock as well? Well, yeah, when I uh, transferred from Houston, even being in Houston, I always realized, man, I could play. Like I knew mm. I could play. I seen NFL guys going against them, being on the same team with them. And I said, like, man, I have that same ability. So when I transferred, I kept that in mind. I was like, man, I'm not I'm coming here to do nothing less than get to the NFL. Like, somebody came to the NFL from this school or from this conference before, so why why, why can I do it? So that was my goal the whole time then. And just overall, how has this whole entire process been, you know, talking to teams, talking to scouts, you know, I had an opportunity, as you know, last Friday at University of Houston's Pro Day, I actually have an opportunity to watch you, you know, talk to a couple teams, you know, kind of checking you out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I love it, man. Like we all, a lot of us dream of just going to the NFL, so realizing that that moment is is, just closer, it's a surreal moment for sure, and just uh, allowing just having a pro day like that and allowing them to show your abilities and stuff like that is it's a surreal moment. Mm. Who are some of the people that actually help you get to this moment? Because I understand you did all of the hard work, but of course mm-hmm. you have to have a strong foundation to, to stand on in order to achieve all the things that you have achieved up until this point. Yeah, for sure. My family and friends, uh, my coaches at the high school level, MacArthur High School, which is in Houston, uh, all my coaches through college and just pushing me and just keeping me motivated. And my mom, of course, who passed away. Mm. Um, Isaiah, you could feel free if you want to answer this or not. Sometimes I get an answer, sometimes I don't. <laughs> but every time I talk to prospects, I love just picking their brains to see is there a player you know in the league currently or was in the league, maybe they grew up loving that you actually kind of model your game after? 
Yeah, okay, yeah. When I was younger, uh, growing up, like the first football player I seen was uh, Reggie Bush and uh, Vince Young. Hmm. So, you know, I, I didn't play that position. I'm a bigger boy, so I didn't play that position. <laughs> so I started growing up, I started watching like a lot of Clowney, uh, Miles Garrett. That's when I really started to watch the D-line, and now I'm mm-hmm. making guys like that. It's funny that you mentioned um, Clowney. You know, I'm pretty sure you know that's the guy that used to play for the Houston Texans. What is it about Clowney that actually, you know, drew you to him? Uh, just his speed, uh, his intensity when he played the game, and just that speed, man. We all think hmm. we just the speed demons on the edge. So it's like <laughs> that guy's probably one of the fastest to play DN position. So, of course, all DNs shit like him for sure. Hmm. You know, in the next couple of weeks, the NFL draft is going to be here. You know, I know we talked about the process leading up to the draft, but what you think that moment is going to be like when you hear your name call on draft day? Man, it's going to be very surreal, man. I can't even imagine it. I guess it just got to happen, to be honest. <laughs> we all been thinking about it, but I'm just anxious to, to just live through it. Mm. Last question before getting out of here, Isaiah, NFL scout scrolling through twitter or some podcast they see your name you know they 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 click on it they give it a listen if there is one last thing you can say to an nfl scout in order to you know to like get them to reach out to you get them to take a chance on you what would it be man i feel like in today's game uh with these offenses now you got to find somebody to get after the quarterback sack them pressure them all that, and I feel like I'm one of them guys in the draft class that could do that consistently uh, with 18 sacks and 18 games. Not a lot of people can do that. Hmm. Even at the FCS level, how many sacks I got at the FBS level, how many sacks I got in the playing time I was there, i always been able to get to the quarterback. So if you need somebody to sack your quarterback and to stop the people in your division, I think I'm one of them guys. <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. Isaiah, really quick, where can our listeners follow you at on social media? Uh, my name is Este underscore Guapo. E-S-T-A underscore G-U-A-P-O on all platforms. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you, Isaiah. Appreciate you. Before we get out of here for today's show, it's very important to discuss what's going on in the NFL. Now, we know about Brian Flores and his lawsuit against the NFL. The Houston Texans were named in that lawsuit. But now we are getting... Uh, reports and hearing complaints from the likes of Steve Wilkes, who, by the way, before I even dive into this Adam Schefter uh, report and more, I I would like to say, was I a big fan of Steve Wilkes? Absolutely not. Didn't know that much about that man before he took over that job in Arizona. Uh, But I do know at the end of that year, Josh Rosen was abysmal. The quarterback that they rail, uh, rolled out there before Josh Gordon, Josh, not Josh Gordon, Josh Rosen was terrible. The offensive line was terrible. That entire franchise was terrible. I do remember that general manager being um, got a DUI at some point throughout that season, and then he got an extension. And so I'm laying all of this out because Steve Wilkes only got one year, got fired after that year, after I, I, I think when it one or two games, which led them to drafting Kyler Murray, got fired, was replaced by Cliff Kingsbury, who had a losing record at Texas Tech, by the way, before he was brought to the NFL. So take all of that into consideration when we dive into what's happening next. As alleged in the amended complaint 
in 2018, Mr. Wilkes was discriminated against by the Arizona Cardinals in a manner consistent with the experiences of many black coaches. Mr. Wilkes was hired as a bridge coach and was not given any meaningful chance to succeed. He was unfairly and discriminatorily fired after one season. His white general manager, who made poor personnel decisions, boy, did he do that, and was hmm. convicted of a DUI during the offseason, was given a contract extension. Mr. Wilkes was replaced by a white coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who had no prior NFL coaching experience. He was coming off multiple losing seasons as a head coach at Texas Tech. Mr. Kingsbury, armed with quarterback Kyler Murray, has been given much has been given a much longer leash than Mr. Wilkes, and to his credit, has succeeded. That said, and succeed in succession and success with Cliff Kingsbury isn't a word I necessarily put together in a sentence, at least. Uh, that said, Mr. Wilkes, given the same opportunity afforded to Mr. Kingsbury, surely would have succeeded as well. These the allegations pertaining specifically to Mr. Wilkes are located in this amended complaint. And then I also want to leave you guys with uh, a word from Mike Malarkey. And it follows. I've always prided myself on doing the right thing in this business. And I can't say that's true for everybody else in the business. Malarkey said on this podcast that he was featured on. It's a very cutthroat business. And a lot of guys will tell you that. I allowed myself at one point when I was in Tennessee to get caught up in something I regret and still regret. But the ownership there, Amy Adams struck and her family came in and told me I was going to be the head coach in 2016 before they went through the Rooney rule. We've heard a lot about that, right? Continues hmm. with, and so I sat there knowing that I was the head coach in 2016 as they went through their fake hiring process, knowing a lot of the a lot of the coaches they were interviewing, knowing how they uh, how much they prepared to go through those interviews, knowing that everything they could do and everything uh, everything that they could do, excuse me, and they had no chance of getting that job. Actually, the GM John Robinson. He was in on the interview with me. He had no idea he was interviewing me, that I had the job already. I regret it. I'm sorry I did it. It was the way, it was not the way to go about it. So I'm only putting this information out there for one reason and one reason only, and that is to let people know that, hey, Mark Malarkey, Mike Malarkey just came off as an ally. That was big. I think him coming out and saying that about the process in 2016 that he went through is huge. And then we discussed about Steve Wilkes. Ladies and gentlemen, diversity, the campaigns, uh, everything that the NFL has been advocating for, it still comes off as fake. There's hmm. no other word I would like to use. There's no pretty word. There's no big word. There's no word that T.I. may have in his vocabulary, in his vernacular. It's fake, right? And I say that because here in Houston, we just went through a process with a quarterback that has a lot going on off the field. Now, I will say this. He was found, uh, you know, for no criminal charges. And then we've seen throughout the course of the NFL, players constantly have issues with the mistreatment of their, uh, you know, of women. Uh, Dan Snyder and what's going on, what had been going on 
with the Washington Commanders, and you look at the Dallas Cowboy lawsuits and all of these different franchises. And then on the other side, you look at the fake process of hiring coaches because of a of a rule that basically allows franchises to be fake. Everything about this league, uh, in terms of what they advocate for, hashtag in racism at the, at the end zone, all of that is fake. And nothing will actually change until more of the truths come out into the light. That's all I want to say. I applaud uh, Mike Malarkey, and I normally don't, um, but in this case I do, for at least making it known that uh, before it got to before it got to everybody else, it was fake. I was already the guy that they wanted to choose. So that Rooney, Rooney rule is a rule that I personally think as a black man needs to be kind of pushed to the side, thrown away, put in the trash. It's fake. Thank you guys for checking out the Locked On Texas podcast this Friday. Hopefully you enjoyed the interview with the prospect Isaiah Chambers. Shout out to him, and hopefully that his path to the draft is brought with much success. I'm John Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Texan page on YouTube at Locked On Texans, and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we will have Mr. Brandon K. Scott on Monday. For those of you who know, we always do this on a Friday, but we're trying to highlight as many NFL draft prospects as possible. So your boy B. Scott will be back on Monday. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, Peace.